Today we begin a new study. We're going to look at Paul's letter to the Colossians, to the church at Colossae, which is in modern-day Turkey. It's about 120 miles inward from the city of Ephesus, uh, where the church was located that Paul wrote the letter that we know as the book of Ephesians, and it's also close to Laodicea as well as Hierapolis. So we're going to begin that study. I think that it's important for us to know that Paul wrote this letter addressing concerns that had arisen in that church. It is not a church that Paul started, nor is it a church that he had ever visited, and I don't believe there's a record that he ever visited there. But he was writing them as his in his authority as an apostle, a God-chosen apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was writing to address misinformation that was being given out about eating and drinking and religious festivals. And I think the main point of the letter is that Christ is supreme in all things. And so we must focus on heavenly things, on things that we have in Christ Jesus, not on worldly things. Not that we don't deal with the worldly things. We do eat and we do drink and we, we do all those things that are a part of daily life, and they're a blessing from God. God created them, not man. But our focus, our attention is on the things of God, to focus on Jesus Christ himself. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we begin this study, may our hearts and our minds, our eyes and our ears be drawn to you, as you reveal yourself in your word. May we be transformed by your living and active word. May we see what you are teaching us in this wonderful letter that we call Colossians, that Paul wrote to the church at Colossae. This, Lord, is our prayer and our plea, and we pray that we would be changed from the inside out that we would never be the same again, that we would be renewed in our minds and that we would become closer and closer to Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Amen. As we noted in our study of the letter to the church at Rome, Paul opens his letters with what I would refer to as his letterhead, identifying himself 
and then who he's addressing the letter to. And although the letter was addressed specifically to a particular church, he knew at that time that those letters would be circulated, and we know that he was speaking inspired by the Holy Spirit of God and that the words were intended not just for them but for you and I this morning. That's why the Word of God is living and active. It's not an old uh, words written on a page that we look to for historical significance. It, it was written a long time ago, but it's just as relevant, just as appropriate, just as needed today as it was then. It is the living and active Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. So let's see just what Paul is saying. He identifies himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. He is establishing his authority that the one writing to them is authorized to write and he knows what he is saying. He often identifies himself as a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's no less so here in this letter but he wants them to especially know, since he didn't know them personally, of his authority and that what he's about to tell them about Jesus is solid. It is the word of God by the will of God for the people of God. Uh, he identifies Timothy, our brother, because he's writing to people who are in Christ. <clears throat> Timothy is his brother in Christ. Uh, Timothy was with Paul quite a bit, and there was a wonderful relationship uh, as Paul taught and encouraged Timothy, and I'm sure was greatly encouraged by Timothy's presence and participation in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, uh, he's writing to saved people, and the, the identification of saints here means specifically that these people were in Christ. They had been born again. Uh, they were in Christ. So he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father. These are simple words, but a profound blessing. Uh, of course, peace, shalom, was a standard greeting in the Jewish world and, and among Jewish people, but this is not limited to Jews. This is to all who are in Christ. So he, he's giving a blessing. This is like pouring uh, oil over their head in the, in the sense of their way of thinking of things. He said grace, all of the, the goodness and the sweetness of God, the presence of God, the favor of God, the unmerited favor of God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding be upon you uh, in Christ Jesus. Then he says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So think about all that's said there without in such a simple fashion he said, always we thank God for you. Uh, may we each 
learn to thank God for all of the brothers and sisters in Christ, wherever they are. It doesn't matter whether we know them or not. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we thank God for them because God is the one who brings us into the right relationship with himself. Man did not conceive of salvation. It's from God from beginning to end. Uh, when we pray for you. So obviously he's also making it plain that he is prayerful for this church that contains people he's never met in a city he's never been to. But he cares for them because they're all a part of one body. And so should we and must we all. He said, we've been doing this. We've been thanking God and praying for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. So may, may we live our lives in a way that the word of our faith is told to other people, not to draw attention to us, but to offer praise to God because faith is from God. It is a gift from God. See Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Uh, and the love that they had for all the saints. They will, uh, the Bible says, you will, they will know us by our love. And so they were known, even though Paul didn't know them personally, he knew them as people who had faith in Christ Jesus and had love for all the saints, not just the ones they knew and were close to, but for all the saints. And why? Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. That's why they love. That's, that's why they live their lives there that way. When we say hope, we often mean wish. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. I hope supper is ready when I get home, etc., uh, etc. Et but hope in, in God's economy as used in Scripture is a sure thing. The hope laid up for you in heaven is an absolute. It's not something you need to wish for. When you say hope in God's economy, you're talking about a sure thing. He says, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. So the word of truth, the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ came, God Almighty came to earth in the form of a person, lived a sinless life that we never accomplished, took our punishment. He came for the very purpose of taking our punishment, standing in my place, in your place, uh, before the judgment and received the penalty that was due to us on the cross. And at the end of that said, it is finished, paid in full. I have paid for your sin in full and died and was raised again and had, was seen by over 500 people and then ascended to heaven and is coming back. So this is what they're speaking of here the good news of the gospel that is being heard and understood uh, around the world and is bearing fruit. And he says, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood it, the grace of God in truth. Jesus said, I am truth. 
He doesn't say that I tell you truth. He said he is truth. He said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. No one comes to the Father except from me. He then referenced Epaphras, which is a shortened or possibly you might call it a nickname for Epaphroditus, who was somebody who Paul was very close to, a fellow servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, who Paul describes as a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. So he's he's giving thanks for Epaphroditus, but he's also reminding them who they should be listening to because it is Epaphras who is faithfully telling them the truth and they should reject the lies of those who tell something different than him. He says he has spoken to Christ. He's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit, your love in the Holy Spirit of God. So Paul is letting them know that he knows who they are, that he loves them in the Lord, that their faith and their love is being reported, that he has the authority to write to them, and that authority is not from man but from God. So he's laying the groundwork so that when he gets to the main points of his letter, they will be ready to receive his word as truth because it is the word of God inspired by God and written by Paul or by his secretary as he dictates his letter to him. So this is the opening session of this study of the book of Colossians. I pray that This has been helpful to you. It has been to me. I pray that we would be encouraged and that we also would be men and women of faith in Christ and and lovers of all the saints. In other words, having love for other brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as having love for those who are not in Christ, knowing that it is God's will that none perish, that all come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we will continue, Lord willing, next time, beginning with verse 9, as we look at a prayer that uh, is prayed, and we will hopefully cover verses 9 through 14 in our next session. So God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you now and always in Christ Jesus. Amen. God bless you.